don't feel we are the owners of the land. We feel we are the guardians and the people that, you know, take care of, of this land. For us, that means live, living a, a simple lifestyle, trying to create uh, our necessities with uh, the most ecological solutions that we can find and to try and, uh, and create a place where we can really respect nature. I respect the water here is the main thing that we feel that we're blessed here is the water because there's water everywhere and super pristine water. Uh, to go to the question of how we got here to Suaju, which is inside the National Park of Jerez. Ten years ago that we came here for the first time, we were living in Porto in a small community there. And then uh, we got pregnant of our first child and we decided that we wanted to go back to the countryside because we already lived in uh, the countryside before we went to Porto. And uh, we came to visit Suaj with some friends and uh, we fell in love with the place, you know. We had the, the birth of our first child here. We got very well accepted by the local community. For 40 years, no child was born here, you know. So it was like a big thing for the, for the village. We came out in the, new, in the local newspaper, like uh, a little story about uh, these city people that came to the countryside and uh, had the child like in the old times, you know. And that really got us close to the community. And then we, um, a big fire happened here and we had to leave the place because everything burned down. And then three years after that, we decided again uh, to come back to Suajo and buy land. Uh, so that was, you know, seven years ago. And we found this little terrace. And our idea was always from the beginning, when we started moving into living in the countryside, was to live in a community. And we tried a few different projects. And for the first time when we came to Suajo was that we weren't going to wait for the community to happen. You know, so we decided, okay, we have to buy the land and move. And there was no one here. And let's see what happens. And it was interesting. The first year that we moved here, like uh, one to four of the families moved here at the same time. And we started, you know, putting up the basic infrastructure to be able to spend here in the winters. And that's how we uh, came to Suajo. The majority of the land here is abandoned or is used for cattle and uh, the management of this cattle is uh, free range which is interesting but then doesn't give the possibility for it to go back into forest if it's not uh, taken care of. So here what people have been doing in the last decades is the you know they have the animals free the cows and the horses around the mountains. Uh, so we've tried a, little, a few times to go in and um, and propose different uh, solutions but uh, it's very hard to go in and to change these mentalities so we had a lot of uh, difficulties in uh, in the general people of the association to agree with our uh, ideas uh, but there's still this resistance of uh, you know of the people of, of the change you know they're afraid of the change because it's very easy you know to get subsidies to have the animals around and that's what they used to do but in the other hand i think it would be amazing and it would be an amazing project to really take these uh, local people that have a lot of knowledge of how things work and just change a few things, you know, and help them out to, to organize things in a different way, to create this cooperative kind of system, to create regenerative systems with the animals. So we feel that that's our duty here, is to, you know, um, not only protect the land, 
but uh, help the land to develop into a better land. We talk a lot about protecting and not about developing the land, not in the sense that we're going to take advantage of it just for our uh, needs, but we're going to work with it to, to create an abundant uh, ecosystem if we can. So for, for me, being a guardian is really you know connecting to the space, to the place, to the life besides the human life. No? Because we're a little bit isolated here, although we have a lot of friends and uh, there's you know a small community around. But there's also all these other animals that sometimes people don't see. You know, there's the birds, there's the cows, there's the horses, the wolf, the fox, the you know all these little creatures and the that are part of this ecosystem here. talking about climate change, social uh, difficulties, economical difficulties, you know. The focus of a permaculture movement and the design course is to give solutions. So we try not to talk too much about the problems. We talk about the problems so people are aware of them, or if they're, if they're aware, aware of them already, they have a little bit more depth uh, knowledge about it. But then we want to talk about solutions. And we feel that people leave the courses with uh, the idea that it's possible to do things. You know, they come here with doubts about, is it possible, can we do it? And then they leave with uh, a, a few tools that can probably help them to, uh, to, to create that, this change. And for sure, the reaction to the coronavirus really made a lot of people take the leap of faith that they were avoiding for 10 years, you know, because they've wanted to do that. I know so many people that for so many years, they're like, oh, I'm going to move into the country. So no, I'm going to change my life. And then there's not really the necessity. The comfort zone is so big and then they don't change. And what we felt with this uh, quarantine and all this situation of closing down is that, you know, people really left. You know, we had so many people wanting to come here and we had so many people coming already. Uh, they already had land around and uh, some of them bought land a year ago and haven't done anything and then suddenly you know pick the car up and bring the tent and they spent here the whole uh, time of the corona you know and then you know we were here and we had to live life you know and develop the land so for us it was a great opportunity because we also get into our comfort zones no? Um, and here we had the chance to our comfort zone is in our place, you know. So we really dedicated all our time to uh, to really work in the land. That's what we could do. We didn't know what was going to happen. We couldn't make too many plans, so we stuck on on the land and we extended twice the amount of cultivated area this year, no, twice or three times more. And the beans are all from here, from Suajo. And this white corn, this is from Campo do Jerez. It's the very ancient variety that they grow there. Because we couldn't find any more the ancient corn variety here in Suajo. So we went for the closest that we could find. Although it's good to um, get out of the comfort zone so we, we can change, 
in a change as big as this of moving from the from the city to the countryside like I did for example uh, but I was very young you know so I didn't have too much to lose uh, so that was easy for me and then I enjoyed it and I went through but to, but I think that it's important to have some of these basic necessities of comfort to be able to deal with how much challenge exists in living in the countryside uh, if you want to live the way more, more or less like we live no? that we try to be as independent as possible in terms of energy, water, food you know all these situations so we end up doing everything. You know? We we have to do the whole cycle to be able to create this lifestyle. Uh, and that doesn't imply so much money. It's a hard thing to do. With the experience I've had in these last 10 years here, with so many people wanting to move here, and we had quite a few people moving here and then leaving, it was because when the hard times come, and if you don't have your comfort levels of a nice house, and a place to have a shower, friends around, maybe comfort of having some income that you can, you know, rely on, uh, then uh, becomes very hard for people to live here. So my advice is that um, if you're interested in moving, try to understand what are the basic necessities you have. Not the extra things that you have in life, but the basic necessities for your comfort. And try and get that going first. Uh, take an experience, you know, take a few months out, you know, but it has to be uh, at least a season to understand, you know. So take six months away or one year, and uh, if you have that possibility, volunteer somewhere, join a community or a farm and feel how it is because, you know, you can change your lifestyle in the cities. You can do the same thing in the city. You don't need to go to the countryside. I think the countryside is for some people. I think we need a lot more people in the countryside. But I think it's very important also to do these things in the city. And I think that there's so much that can be done in the city, even in production of food. Uh, but besides that, in the whole social con conscious. But don't stop the change because of the place, you know? Uh, because there's this romantic idea of, uh, oh, let's go to the countryside, everything is, uh, you know, uh, beautiful and roses. And, you know, a lot of times people tell that to us, you know, they think we live from nothing, you know, that we play guitar the whole day and we, we don't work, you know. Um, and we do do work a lot, you know, but we work with uh, with joy, we work with connection, we work with, um, with the seasons. It's also a different dynamics of how time goes, you know, so it's, it's a lot of work, but it's slower results. It takes time for things to come and we have to be patient with the, with the situations and you have to stick to the compromise. You know, you start a vegetable garden if, uh, if you do 100%, you know, 80% at the beginning, but then you don't maintain it, it's gone, you know, you have no chance. Uh, and sometimes we, with the years passing, we felt that you know, a lot of the times, you know, that um, we start something and then we want to do something else because we don't have the patience to, to wait, you know, because we're used to this constant energy and constant input of different information, you know. the necessity comes of really having to integrate again this community lifestyle and and the use of the land in a different way i'm hoping that there's still the knowledge of the old people to do that if that's a possibility i think that would be great to to have uh, inside a national park 
a common land being uh, managed by common people and by a community in a direction of, uh, of regenerating the land. That would be very interesting. But then we're talking about 5,000 hectares. Uh, it's a very big project, you know. Uh, and the only people that know the 5,000 hectares are the old people, you know. So I'm, I hope that we have strength or energy or even uh, the capability to at least get some of this knowledge that these people have to see if we can do something in the future. Because if they, when they've gone, you know, the younger generation doesn't, doesn't know the same places and the same ways how things work. So we'll have to start, you know, start from, from scratch. So I still have, a, it's a little bit of a dream of mine, is, would be to, to try and implement a, a design and a community-based project here. But um, I think I need to be older, more experienced, and have more time to, uh, to do that, because that implies uh, uh, you know, interacting with the whole community you know, with very different ideas. Okay.